What do you know about the details of reversible anticholin esterases? How do they work actually? All these questions will be answered and more knowledge bites about these heading up on your way today. Let's take off right away. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Let us dive into each drug details right away today. The first one in the list is the phytostigmine. It is naturally obtained from plant West African caliber bean. And the Latin name of the plant is the Physostigma venenosum. Chemically, Physostigmine is a nitrogenous carbamic acid ester. It is also termed as eserine. E-S-E-R-I-N-E. It is obtained from the plant in the form of a natural alkaloid. Chemically, it is also a tertiary amine. It can easily cross the blood-brain barrier and that is why it demonstrates central effects on the central nervous system. It can too penetrate cornea and it also demonstrates corneal effects. The fate of the drug is mostly hydrolysis by colon esterases. No doubt, it's a famously used meiotic to treat the diseases like glaucoma. Generally, it finds use in a dose of 0.1 to 1% as eye drops. It shows no effects on neuromuscular cholinergic receptors. When given orally, its absorption from the gut is super fast and it is also very fast from the parenteral areas. Now, physostigmine is highly toxic. It shows marked effects on the muscaric receptors from M1 to M3. That is M1, M2 and M3. Now, what is the result of this muscarinic stimulation? It causes contraction of the gut. It also causes meiosis, bradycardia, hypertension and large doses of physostigmine may lead to convulsions. The bradycardia that occurs is the action on the neuromuscular junction. When physostigmine is in excess, it accumulates more of acetylcholine and non-stop depolarization occurs. Finally, it leads to paralysis. All these effects, as I told you earlier, are seen at very high toxic doses. Now, one notable point, I want to tell you that the plant, the African caliber bean from which the phytostigmine is derived, it was used previously in the olden times both as a weapon and a poison for long durations. Now, that is a general knowledge point that you can keep in your mind and additive knowledgeable bite let's get into the pharmacokinetics 
Pfizer Stigmine is intermediate acting drug. Its half-life is around 4 to 6 hours. While in the eyes, it's slightly long-acting. That is, it, the action may last up to 24 hours. It's applied as eye drops and that I've already told you. Now, second on my list, let's get to know the details about a very close drug, Neostigmine. Now, this drug is prepared synthetically. Chemically, it's a quaternary amine. That is different from Pfizostigmine, which was a tertiary amine. Now, what is the result of this difference in the chemical structure? Due to this, the penetration in the central nervous system is not very significant for Neostigmine. While it's so-so in the eyes, yes, it does affect the neuromuscular receptors that are found on the skeletal muscles. And do you know, it's a choice medication to treat myasthenia gravis. Now, unlike the Pfizostigmine, it has a very poor absorption when it is administered orally. The oral dose generally that is administered is around 15 to 25 milligrams. The preferred route is intramuscular or subcutaneous. And via these routes, its dose is 0.5 to 2 milligram. The duration of action, that is the pharmacokinetic role for the neostigmine is short. It's as compared to the Pfizostigmine, it's only 3 to 4 hours. Now let's talk about the side effects, the adverse drug reactions for the neostigmine. Now these resemble the cholinergic overactivity. All the features, all the signs and symptoms you can recollect for the cholinergic overactivity like salivation, decreased blood pressure, flushing, nausea, diarrhea, abdominal pain. But no central nervous system side effects are seen because it cannot cross the blood-brain barrier. And because it cannot cross the blood-brain barrier, it cannot be used as an antidote of the anti-muscarinic agent's higher doses. I'm talking about toxicity of drugs like atropine. For these drug toxicities, especially atropine toxicity, the drug of choice is physostigmine because it can easily cross the blood-brain barrier. So just note down one more knowledge bite. Physostigmine is the drug of choice for the atropine or balladona poisoning. Let's talk about the contraindications of the neostigmine. Well, these are simply urinary bladder obstruction or intestinal obstruction. Now that was simple, right? Next what? Let's get into the details and the brief accounts of the other reversible drugs. Now on my list, the next drug is paradostigmine. It's a very close congener of neostigmine, though it is a little less powerful in action, but it has some advantages. What are these? It has a long duration of action. The action lasts for three to six hours and it finds a very good use in myasthenia gravis. One more drug I want to talk about, reversible drug is ambainonium. Now that is also long-acting drug in this series and one more drug to talk about is Diastigmine. It's a variant of Paradostigmine. And what happens why does Diastigmine? Because the two molecules, they are linked together. So that makes Diastigmine. Now coming over to our next drug in the list, that is Edrephonium. Now Edrephonium is 
having a great resemblance to neostigmine. But I told you, this drug is not stable. It binds with weak hydrogen bonds and it detaches very quickly. It has a duration of action of around 10 to 15 minutes. It undergoes renal elimination and it is not subjected to hydrolysis by cholinesterases. Another knowledge bite to note down. Because the action is very short-lived, it finds use in diagnostic tests for myasthenia gravis. What happens? I'll tell you in very brief. I'll cover the details in the users portion. That will be in the upcoming episodes. So, what are the superficial knowledge about the diagnostic test for myasthenia gravis? In this, the intravenous edrophonium injection, it quickly increases the strength of the muscles if the patient is suffering from myasthenia gravis. That's a diagnostic test. Got it? Coming over to our next drug, Rivastigmine. It's highly lipid soluble. It has very selective action in the cerebrum part of the brain and it finds a very good use to treat the diseases of cognitive dysfunction like Alzheimer's disease. Now, it's the perfect time that I should tell you something about the Alzheimer's disease. Are you ready to listen? Let's go. In Alzheimer's disease, what happened? There is a lack of cholinergic neurons. The acetylcholine levels, they go down in the brain. So these group of acetylcholine esterases like rivastigmine, they are very useful in the treatment of such cognitive disorders like Alzheimer's disease. Okay. Coming over to our next drug, and that is Tacrine, T-A-C-R-I-N-E. Again, it's a very lipid-soluble agent, and because of this property, it can easily cross the blood-brain barrier. A lot of characteristics are similar to edrophonium, the binding part especially. That it, it also binds with the weak hydrogen bonds and is quite unstable. What is the use? It finds use, very good use in Alzheimer's disease, but it is defamed and not used clinically nowadays because it has a very prominent adverse drug reaction of hepatotoxicity. So do remember one more knowledge bite associated with tacrine, not used clinically due to hepatotoxicity. Okay, coming over to our next drug, donipezil. Again, one more lipid-soluble agent crosses the blood-brain barrier and finds very good use in Alzheimer's disease. What are the benefits? Why should we prefer using donipizil? Well, it has a long duration of action and because of that, it can be given single dose per day. Wow, that's such a good benefit of using this drug. Okay, coming over to our next drug, galantamine. Now, galantamine is naturally obtained and apart from its action on acetylcholinesterase, do you know it's, it's also a weak agonist at nicotinic receptors and finds very good use to be used in cognitive disorders like Alzheimer's disease. Well, that's all from my end today. That's all, my dear folks. And time to wind up. I'll be coming back with a lot of new information Still, we are on this topic in cholinesterases for a few more episodes and then it's gonna be done. So, I hope you're finding it quite interesting. It's one of a very interesting topic and I really 
like to read about this topic again and again. So it was a fun thing to talk about entire colon esterases, their remarkable distinguishing features to all of you today. Hope you find it useful and it was your cup of tea too. Well, if it was not today, the advice is just to stay tuned. Later or sooner, it's gonna be your cup of tea. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, do visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name as Pharmacology Difficult. If you are listening for the first time, or you, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes Apple Podcast. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay enlightened. Thank you.